In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He was, is, and always shall be. And they left their nets and at once followed him. We heard this short but again well-known passage from the Gospel of Matthew as we celebrate two Sundays after Pentecost. Pentecost where we know that the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the people was the birth of the church, the body of Christ, the church where it started, it began with a small community of people, but has spread throughout the world. And as I said last night, we are sitting here today because as a result, as a fruit of that event. And then last week we commemorated all the saints, those known and unknown from the beginning of time who dedicated their life, whether through martyrdom and death or through martyrdom as a witness to the faith. And then this week we commemorate the call, the calling of the disciples into apostles, the ones who were commissioned to go and to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, the truth of Jesus Christ. And so we hear these words, follow me. Few other words than these two, follow me, really capture the essence, the true meaning of what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, than these two words, follow me, which Jesus said, when he called his disciples. And we hear about the faith and the obedience of the disciples in the gospel reading today. First, Peter and Andrew, and then James and John, and then on down the line to the other disciples who were called. John, St. John Chrysostom, commenting upon this passage, writes that when the time came for Jesus to begin his public ministry, he chose 12 disciples. After his resurrection, he would send them throughout the world to preach the gospel, the good news of the reconciliation of humankind, of humanity, to God by and through the death of Jesus Christ and to bear his name before kings and authorities. To bear his name before kings and authorities. This task of monumental importance, St. John tells us, Jesus did not entrust to powerful or educated individuals. Rather, he sought out simple men and invited them to become his disciples. Why? Because the gospel itself is the wisdom and the power of God. The gospel itself doesn't stand in any need of human backing, only simple men and women, such as the myrrh-bearing women that we read about so many weeks ago, disciples working in his vineyard, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. We are today in need, desperate need, it seems, when we see and we hear all that is occurring in this world today, in this society today, we are in desperate need of this wisdom and this power of God. We are in desperate need of the gospel. 
the Evangelia, the good news of Jesus Christ. Something, actually someone, in the person of Jesus Christ to which we can offer our faith, our love, our entire being, our dedication, just as those first 12 and the 70 and the 240 men and women who dedicated and committed their lives to following Jesus Christ. Two things stand out to me in this gospel passage. The first is diligence, and the second is obedience. Diligence. When our Lord found Peter and Andrew, James and John, and the others, they were doing what? They were engaged in their work. They weren't just sitting around, waiting for something to happen. They weren't in the middle of some argument, discussion. They weren't waiting for someone to tell them what to do. They were working. Two of them were casting out fishing nets while the others were repairing nets. They were people, individuals who lived by manual labor, by the toil and the sweat, as we often say, of their own hands. And it was not by an accident that our Lord called these individuals. There is a time for work, just as there is a time for worship. A basic principle of the Christian faith as we hear that St. Paul was saying to the church in Thessalonica when he wrote, and while we were with you, we gave you the order. If anyone doesn't want to work, he shouldn't eat. We hear that some of you are living a lazy life, not doing any work, but being busybodies. Such people we order and encourage by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and eat their own bread. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It is this teaching of the Christian faith that every honest labor is blessed by God. Christ himself, while he was on earth, worked. And he said, my father is still working, and so am I, we hear in the Gospel of John. Faithful Christians, those of us who follow Christ, understand that every kind of honest work brings its own particular blessing, brings honor, brings glory to God. We should work to support not only ourselves, but to those who are in need, following the example of our Lord and his apostles. The second thing, as I mentioned about this morning's gospel lesson, is that the apostles possess a spirit of obedience, of loving obedience. And this is a great virtue that each and every one of us should emulate, should follow. We should have this very same loving obedience that the apostles had. It is a necessity in life. The obedience of young to their elders, of Christians to their church, the obedience of all people to the call of God. As soon as the apostles heard this call of Christ, 
they left all and followed him because they recognized what he offered was of greater value. He said, I will make you fishers of men, as we heard in the gospel. And just as our Lord chose those 12 individuals, he chooses us to be his people, to be his disciples, to be his workers, to be his followers. You've heard this passage before. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Again, in the Gospel of John. So how will we, each and every one of us, answer God's call on our life? And if so, by answering his call, will we seek to follow him? Will we follow him or will we view this as an opportunity or as our choice to do what we want to do? How will we serve him? How will we seek to follow him? And what does it mean to follow Christ in today's world? The choice to follow, follow Christ is a very personal one. It's one that is made by each and every one of us. When we make that choice, it's up to us to follow him. While we could be introduced and taught the faith, and we are, whether it be as a child, in our family, in our church, in Sunday school, or whether we who have embraced the faith later in life through our catechism classes, we cannot become followers of Christ simply by these efforts, good as they are. Rather, we have to each personally, personally answer the call to follow, to join and to follow. And it's not just a one-time response or choice. It's a daily choice to follow him. If the ultimate responsibility of the disciples like Peter and Andrew, James and John is to bring others to Christ, and we know that they did, we read it, we read it in scripture, and we know that from the tradition of the church, the first responsibility is to choose Christ. We can't lead others to Christ if we do not first choose him and follow him ourselves. We cannot encourage others if we are not choosing him ourselves. We cannot bring others to Christ if we are not with Christ ourselves first. And we cannot lead each other, others to Christ if we are not being led by Christ. The fact that we are all, the fact is that we are all on that same boat with Peter and Andrew, with James and John, with all the disciples. Christ has called each and every one of us to follow him. And if we are called to follow, it means that we are asked to let him lead us. Not on our own, not our own will, but his will be done in our life. And it means we abide in him, in the church, sacramentally, in the mysteries, in the study of scripture, 
Christ called them disciples, which means a student. One who is a student is one who is learning what it means to be a Christian. The disciples spent three years with the Lord, learning what it meant to be a follower of Him after they answered that call. We are called continually to deepen our relationship with Christ, to deepen our understanding of Christianity, and to cultivate this relationship with Christ. This takes effort. It takes effort. Just the very same effort that we put into our work, that we put into anything that is good, that develops and grows us in life. We put that same effort in there, in that, we should also put that and even more in cultivating our relationship with Christ. But it means even more than this. It means that the time we spend in prayer and in church, in our worship life, affects everything that we do in our life, during our week. It means that we take Christ into our homes, into our families, into our marriages, into our relationships with our children, into our relationships with each other, into our service in the church. Though in many instances, individuals respond to the call of Christ just as the disciples did, dropping their nets and immediately following Him, He does not ask us to drop our work, to, to turn our backs to our families in order to follow Him. On the contrary, the, the church asks us, calls us to work diligently at our jobs, to care for our families and for those in need. This is truly following Him by caring for His people and by glorifying God in all that we do and all that we say. This is to follow Him. There is one more and one final that I'd like to bring to your attention, characteristic of being a disciple, of being a follower of Christ, and that is to share Christ, that is to, to be this light that we talk about all the time, the light of Christ to others around us. And this is a place where all of us fall short at times, all of us. Christ didn't ask Peter and Andrew, James and John to follow, didn't just ask them to follow. He told them that he would make them fishers of men, meaning that they would catch people into the net of the Christian faith. Have you ever thought that being a fisher of men is an important part of our Christian call to share Christ with others? Most of us think this is the responsibility of the priest or of those who are leaders in the ministries of churches. No, it is in fact a responsibility of all of us. And it's not only something we all can and should do, it is something that we must do. Our world, our society desperately needs us, desperately needs us to be examples, to be witnesses, to, to bring others into the net 
of the truth. The truth, the truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The truth, the good news of Jesus Christ and all that he brought in his life, in his, in his death, and in his resurrection is so desperately needed in this world today. And who but us? Who but every, each and every one of us here today will do that? It is up to us, all of us who are being called, not just as ministry leaders, but each and every one of us are called to bring the good news of Jesus Christ and the truth to the world that is so desperately crying out for this truth. So as you heard the gospel lesson today, don't think of this as just a very short passage that was read and talks about Christ's call of his first disciples. Understand it and receive it as a call to all people, to each and every one of us to follow Christ, to serve one another, to actively work to spread the gospel, to bring others to Christ, to become a fisher of all people. Remember, the call to be a disciple is not only a call to follow, it is a call to lead. To Him belong our glory, honor, and worship. To the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.